Hello and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Just a reminder, as always, to sign up for my newsletter at jasonpereira.ca so you can be notified of all postings and podcasts as they come up. On to today's show. Today on the show, I have Shrad Rao, CEO of WagePoint. WagePoint is an easy-to-use payroll provider that seeks to compete both on ease of use and friendliness. And with that, here's my interview with Shrad. Hello, Shrad. Hey, Jason. How you doing? Good. Thanks for taking the time today. You as well. Thank you. So, Shrad Rao, CEO of WagePoint. Tell us about WagePoint. Yeah, Jason. You know, I, I, I love talking about my company, for sure. Uh, so, I'm happy to share. So, WagePoint was sort of a very simple premise, I guess, or, or it is a simple idea, but it's a complex execution. WagePoint <laughs> is payroll software built just for small businesses and backed by the world's friendliest team. So, essentially, it is a, the, the culmination of uh, research that I had done a long time ago. Now we're talking about like seven years minimum to when I looked at the payroll space and I said, okay, you know, what are all the different opportunities available for me to sort of take advantage? Because I saw that there were these legacy players like ADP and paychecks and companies that have been around for like 70 years. And I felt like there was still such a ripe opportunity for small businesses because everyone was building for every single user group and payrolls just doesn't work like that. The user changes so dramatically every, you know, like let's say 100 or 200 employees. And you really need to think very strategically about what a specific group needs. For us, that specific group became small businesses because we felt they were the most underserved and we could mm-hmm. speak to them the best. So that's really what WagePoint is, the payroll software built just for small businesses and backed by the world's friendliest team. So the world's friendliest team is a wonderful claim. I like to to empirically test that at one point. (laughs) So we empirically tested ourselves. So, you know, I mean, Ah. our our NPS score is way over 60, which is very unusual for a payroll company. And we actually get comments all the time about how friendly we are to work with, how easy we are to work with. We actually would make, the word friendly is a, it's a hard word to quantify, right? But really what we want to be is very approachable, accessible, and competent for, like when a small business owner calls us, we should, it should feel like they're calling a friend who just happens to know a lot about payroll. That's how the experience should be. And it should be across every level of the company. So and I, I, I will say, because you won't. Though that those the word friendly has never been used with ADP in, in a history of, it, of their of their careers. I'm sorry, but I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> and I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bash on I love bashing on comments a lot, but I will say this much specifically in payroll. When I see like Ceridian or ADP being used by a company, I you know often ask, well, how's the experience? And it's never a positive re- reply. Both from I mean, here's the thing: they care about super large scale businesses. And they, and frankly, I would argue they don't even service them that well, quite honestly. I mean, they, they have, they have a volume issue, right? Like they deal with so much volume that it's a, it's a big challenge and I can understand that challenge. But in general, you know, in terms of quote unquote positive experiences, that's not known for that. They're known for getting it done. That's great. Yeah. You hit it right on the head. I think it's, these are, this is a difficult business as someone who mm-hmm. has built one, you know, now whenever people come up to me and say they're going to build payroll, my first instinct is to hug them, not to get upset because I know what is about to happen <laughs> and it's not easy. But to your point, I think that scale has to be thought about from day one. And that's mm-hmm. what we have done is we've, we've known we were going to be small business. So we know we're going to have volume. So how do we create a quality experience for a volumetric base of customers from day one? And that's really why for us, like, you know, I talk about this very often that, but how like we need to be someone that when they, when they, we know that the customer doesn't know anything about payroll or does knows very little. And mm-hmm. we don't want to be the people who go like, these people don't know anything about payroll. We expect that you don't. Um, why and- should they? I mean, honestly, other exactly. than I need to play my staff X, like why should they know about payroll? Dude, this is exactly what I say. Why should they? They should know what they 
they need to know. We should know payroll. That's our job, right? Yeah, it's, so, it never ceases to amaze me how people get bogged down in the fact that, yeah, you, guess what? You've been doing your job for a long time. You know the ins and outs. Of course, because you're supposed to, right? But someone else, when you're like, oh, you don't know what you're doing. Well, yeah, but are they supposed to do, you know, is that their job? No, it's not. So let's, let's get away from that. So before no. we go any deeper, let's talk about, so you, you did this research and you looked at the gaps. So tell me about the journey to create this company. So, you know, who did you pitch this idea to? Who thought you were crazy? How did you get to where you are today? <laughs> sure. Yeah. So before I even started building businesses, I saw a guy who always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. The question was when, uh, not if. And the first thing I did was I started looking for a business partner, mostly because I'm a very social guy and I don't really, it's to me, building, doing stuff on your own just seems kind of pointless when you can do it with other people. And this is kind of, you see the vibe that I have. This is the vibe of our entire company. This is sort of a <laughs> more relaxed, more I guess, uh, just again, a more friendly way of thinking about life in general. So I was looking for a friend, essentially, who I could build the business with. And I needed someone to, who had sort of similar social values as I did, because I wanted someone who would be a conscious capitalist, not just, you know, let's just make money at the cost of everything. I, I don't believe in that. So I was looking for someone to, to share those values and to build this, this company along with me. And uh, I was in St. John, New Brunswick at that time. And you know, I joke about the fact that I was going on founder dates before it was sexy. Um, <laughs> and really what I, that, all that meant was every night I'd have drinks with a new person. I'd have beers with a new person and I'd talk about, you know, what they've done in their life and if they're interested in what they're interested in, in the future. And, you know, Atlantic Canada is, is not a very risque place. So there's, I mean, you know, and maybe the infrastructure isn't there either. I don't really want to blame any one population group, but it just wasn't, I wasn't finding what I was looking for until I met a gentleman by the name of Bill Murphy in Nova Scotia, like a mutual friend connected us. And I liked him almost instantly because he was, he had just come out of the dot-com, well, not just, but he had come out of the dot-com bust after having attempted to build something significant in a very small place in Nova Scotia. So I was very, I was very impressed. I don't care if someone has succeeded or failed as long as they've tried. Mm -hmm. So in his case, he had really given it a, a good shot and I really liked him. So he actually uh, was the guy who introduced me to, I, I basically, I had $18,000 in the bank. I had just left my, my job. And I said, I'd give myself one year to figure this out. In one year, I have to sort of make it somehow. And I, just like a typical entrepreneur, I think, and you may experience this yourself, mm -hmm. I have such eternal optimism that nothing can squash that. You <laughs> better so, be, otherwise you would never get started. Exactly. And you don't even think about stuff like failure. You just think about what you do tomorrow. That's pretty much it. So I, I was with him and he, I said, whatever you're working on, you just, you just make sure that I, I want to be a part of it, whatever it is. I don't, because he's full of stuff. Like he's got all kinds of stuff happening all the time. And uh, one of the things he was doing was he had a small payroll business that was just doing about 30 or 40 customers at that time. But it was very, very, very manual. It was essentially a manual payroll business. And mm -hmm. I looked at that and I said, well, interesting. He had other things too. And like I said, I had a year. So I was going to do something in that year. I did do something else before this, but it was, you know, just to help him out. And it wasn't really what I, I wasn't really interested in it in the sense that I, I was just said to be a stopgap to the next step. But this, this one I took a look at and I said, well, let me look at the space. And uh, when I saw, like I said, the legacy players, the, and I could immediately clearly see a path to market. I was like, yeah, let's attempt this. So it was really, it was very deliberate choice as to how I thought about the market space and where I thought we could position a company and where it, where it was currently underserved. So that was sort of the genesis of the idea in terms of, so I will tell you that people 
even at that time, thought the space was competitive. Of course, when you have these massive companies, especially in the US, that's always a, a difficult proposition to pitch. Nobody thought it was crazy, but they certainly thought a, it was very difficult to scale a payroll business, which it is. I can tell you firsthand, mm-hmm. if I have back pain at all, it is definitely the source of, <laughs> of that. The second thing is simply that it is very competitive and, and then you have these massive players. So, and then on top of that, when we, we started, I wanted to build US and Canada right off the bat, which would be a good decision or bad decision, depending on how you perceive hindsight. Um, it's not quite and, double the work, but it's not quite half. <laughs> yes, exactly. You hit it perfectly right on the head. But also the competitive d- dynamics of both countries are so different. Yeah, so that's the only, if, if anyone thought it was sort of a, a crazy idea, it was simply because of the competition and the fact that it felt served, but it wasn't. And that's where, as an entrepreneur, and again, you may have this experience, you have to spot something that nobody else does. And for me, that was, I had a sense that the small business market was still underserved. And that's kind of the, that was the, the positioning that we took. Okay. So besides being super friendly, let's talk about how you make payroll not painful. Yep. Well, so remember I said that we are very aware that the business owner should not have too much knowledge coming in or they don't. If they do, and some of them really do, I don't want to sort of say all of them don't know it. They of course, there's, there's a spectrum on this. Yeah, but no one starts a business outside of payroll businesses to be an expert in payroll. No, nobody does. And thank God for them. The truth is that this particular user group, we had a pretty good sense of, again, how they should work. So what we did is actually early days, before we hit the single line of code, we actually threw up a landing page. And we said that we would do, uh, we were doing payrolls for people. But really what we were doing is taking the information and running manual payrolls for them. Mm-hmm. And in that process, we started asking questions as to like, hey, what, like we started asking questions. We tried to understand what the user group actually knew and what they didn't. And the, what we did then is we took that information and we tried to build the simplest version of a payroll product for a small business owner. So that's one of the ways in which we make it like the, the experience friendly for the customers by really taking the guesswork out of as many things as possible by defaulting as much so that we catch them before they're about to make a mistake. We do other things too. Like, so for example, if there is a payroll that has been processed for a really high amount, just like say last, last week it was low and this week it's high. And we think that there may have been a mistake we, or, or this fraud, which is also mm. another thing we have to protect for. We will call the customer or, or email them and say, this, this seems like an odd transaction. Is this like a correct one? So we would do proactive things too, to like protect them and make sure that we're all safe together. So it's really that the feeling of togetherness that we are trying to create with the customer. So that easy product. And then we invest very heavily in customer service. This is something we don't use call centers. Like we have always had a very deliberate way of how we hire uh, CS folks. And then the way we think about it is that the entire company is supporting the CS team. Mm-hmm. So it's like the CS team is right at the top and then everyone else is in service to that because we know that they're the front lines of the customer. All of them have tremendous amount of payroll experience. So they really know what they're doing. And that's kind of these are the two ways, easy products and really friendly, competent CS is how we, we sort of demonstrate that friendship. Just being really good at what we do and making sure that we're very easy and accessible in general. Great. So let me also um, get you to spend some time talking about the UI decisions you made, because frankly, having looked at the big players uh, and even some medium-sized players, engineered industrial design does not begin to describe the UI in most of uh, the payroll operators. Tell us about what informed what your UI looks like and what informed those decisions. So what's really crazy about all of this is our UI 
hasn't changed that much since for the last eight years, which has been very difficult for us to hold off on. We've had to have like a ton of discipline around this. Like we want to change it every year and we don't because we know we have actual feature sets. So to build payroll to the depth that you need in terms of feature set, it takes a long time. And so we've actually been very good about executing on that as opposed to just sort of, because even though our UI is really good, for most people, it never feels good enough for us. And plus, we've learned so much in terms of how we can execute UX that we want to put that into the system. So anyway, first, I'm just trying to say that the caveat I'm trying to make is even though it's easy and friendly to use, there's still more work that we can do. But we've just been holding off to focus on other things that are were more important all these years. Yeah, I, I think, um, frankly, what you've done with it, and for those of you who haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to look at the website. You've got little little cartoons in there. You've got a very step-by-step process. Like, nothing here feels enterprise level. Like, it feels, like, approachable. It's very consumer-friendly in its approach. And I think that there's definitely a threshold of intimidation, especially anytime someone starts to run their own payroll for the first time, even if they're a sole practitioner, and they just want to basically take care of remittances they don't know where to start. Like, I think by your UI decisions have made it far more approachable than a lot of the alternatives. You know what, you said it way better than I could. So thank you for that. And that's actually exactly correct. At the time that we started the company, you know, the like cartoons and like, you know, sort of illustrations were just starting to enter into the space of like a web app. Mm-hmm. And to your point, the idea is to make it so, it's not, it's to make it less intimidating so that it feels okay for a user to, to tackle a, a complex subject a complex subject that can also get them into trouble because don't forget that the yep. consequence of payroll, the getting payroll wrong are fines and in the U S and stuff, there's property seizure. There's all kinds of stuff that are, is very scary. You could even go to jail in some counties. Like it's, it's not, it's not a small thing, right? So you really want to make sure that the folks, they run through the process in a way that doesn't get them into trouble and also reduces the number of errors that we have to fix, but also gives them a sense of comfort that it can, it is getting done. So it's like a, you're really trying to handle multiple emotional components and then actual practical components at the same time for the user. So all of those reasons are why we uh, pick that, that specific UI format, which is, you know, like very easy, friendly and colorful uh, format. So talk to me about the feature set of everything you do for people, and then we'll talk about price. And it's interesting. I'm going to preface this by saying that even with sole practitioners, I have encouraged them to utilize tools such as yours, simply because of the cost-benefit trade-off. So let's talk about the benefit before we get to the cost. Tell me, you know, besides I need to pay X person Y amount, what is it you do? So with any application, especially business application, there's some amount of setup work that you have to do. Like you have to put the information of the person and you have to tell us at the minimum what they make, right? And then once you do that, you just basically run a payroll, which is essentially going through a six-step process to, to, for the gross to net to happen, the calculations to happen. And then you hit the word approve or the button approve, and then you're done. Then we do everything else. So we make all the payments. Uh, we pull, produce the reports. Employees can uh, risk, get their pay stubs online. We do tons of things that you don't even see. But for example, you know, we would do EHT, workers' comp. We have, of course, a U.S. payroll business, so we pay federal, state, and local taxes there. We do everything that you could imagine for a small business to actually run their payroll. In just, and they, all you have to do, or as a small business owner, is run those six steps. And really, all that is is picking your pay date, entering the hours. And then if you have salaried employees, that shows up automatically. And then you process your payroll. You just hit run and then you're approved. Yeah. But meanwhile, in the background between the points of those fixed steps and the money getting deposited in, in the uh, 
account of, of the employee, you've taken care of all the remittances for tax authorities, you've paid contractors, you are generating the tax slips that are going to be needed at tax time, you're doing calculations around holidays and, and whatnot. So you're really hand, like, again, if you, you're, you're being quite honest about this. You got six basic steps, but then everything else is just programmed and done by you guys. That's right. So that's actually why so many businesses like using us because they don't have to, they literally just have to get in there and just run those steps. And then there are businesses who have just salaried employees that don't even have to log into the system. The system does an auto run for them uh, based on their pay schedule and they don't do anything. They don't even log in. It just happens automatically. They see their, their pay in their bank account and all the tax payments and all the things you said are all automatically done. So it's even, it's even simpler. Remember I told you that we focused on the small business owner and every time there was a, it was very tempting sometimes to try to go up market because obviously their fees mm -hmm. are higher, but we said no. And if that's the one thing that I can tell you that we have been is disciplined around this kind of stuff is where we said, no, we have to, who is our audience? It's a small business owner. So we build for them. And then the other audience that we build for is bookkeepers and accountants. And that's pretty much it. And even then we, we call them partners, not customers, because they help us serve the customer. Yep. And I mean, it's a common problem amongst enterprises that start off basically helping small business, right? Is that there's upmarket people might be interested in your product. There's the demands there. And then if you do go up that route, then what happens is, is that you end up having all this split focus almost, right? And it becomes super challenging because you want to go up market, but then you don't want to burn the bridges behind you and, and basically lose or, or disenfranchise the people who basically got you there. So it's a big challenge. So let's, uh, let's talk about price. Tell me about how, what this costs to utilize. And <laughs> I think we'll have something to talk about as soon as you, as soon as you tell me that data point. So let's, let's start there. Yeah. So, so we charge $20 as a base fee plus $2 per employee per payroll. So essentially, if you have 10 employees, you're paying us 20 base plus two multiplied by 10. So that's $40 a payroll. That's pretty much what you, you pay per payroll. And then everything is included in that. And the reason that I say this in that way is because we know almost all of our competitors have nickel and dime pricing. So mm -hmm. they charge for every little thing. I've heard some really funny stories about the legacy players, especially in the old days about CDs and things like that. Of course, I was already, I was too young for that to even think about those kinds of things in the business. But when we looked at the market and we saw that, I was like, you know what? What a horrible way for a small business owner to get a bill that where it's changing all the time. And if I was that person, like I would never, I'd be really un, unhappy by that, you know, and what kind of way does that show us that how are we extending friendship in that way? We're basically like, this is about us. And that's, business is not about us. It's only about the customer. So I said, let's, let's do an all in one price so that they can always know what they're going to pay us. And then the other decision we made is we weren't going to charge a setup fee. First of all, I, I, the idea of implementations and setups just, just make no sense. It, you should build an onboarding process inside the app that's good enough for someone to do it without your help. But then the second, the second thing is the idea of charging someone to become a customer just didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so you see that these are the micro decisions that create that feeling of friendship. And this is the kind of stuff that people like us for is because we're thinking we're, we're there for them. We're not there for ourselves. And that's what they like is that we're thinking about them and putting them ahead of us. Yeah. And this is, you know, in, in the, again, we talked about the benefit. We talked about the price. This is why even sole practitioners have encouraged to use systems like yours, because for a cost of what is that? It's, uh, you know, assuming monthly payments, right? You're looking at uh, $240 for the base fee and then $2 per employee. They're the only employee. It's not a 24. So $264 to not have to worry about any of the stuff 
the remittances, the reporting, all the filings, like that is a steal, quite honestly, right? And yeah. then, you know, as it scales, I mean, using your little slider here, per payroll, you're talking about for 100 employees, $220. <laughs> like, I know it's a highly scalable business, but it's, you know, if you're a payroll, if you're running payroll, and you have any kind of friction in your system whatsoever, and you can instead utilize a system like yours that reduces that friction, that those $220 are going to be made up somewhere very quickly. Totally. So it's a very powerful product for a very good price. It's literally that perfect point of value. That's what we try to build. You feel like you're getting value for at a steal. And that's exactly the, the feeling we try to bring. Fantastic. So before we wrap up, there's three questions I ask everybody. And the first one is if you had one wish for something you can change in your business or the industry as a whole, what would it be? Wow, Jason. That's a, <laughs> that's a powerful question. I sent to stump people with that one. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I, if I could change, I mean, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, so I don't really, I couldn't really say that I think about just my industry or my business. I'd say that if I had a wish in general, it would be that everyone was more conscious when it came to capitalism in general. I think the idea of all of us sort of just doing whatever it takes to get whatever we want and like destroying as much as we can, whatever, resources, even people, like just sort of grinding people to the point where they're, they hate their employers and stuff like that. I wish that those would be the types of things that, that would change and that would mm -hmm. that would change for everybody like i know that so we we i should say bum off people from one of our competitors quite a fair amount like we basically i guess they leave they defect and they come over and we always joke that they come over with some amount of ptsd because they are so like fidgety when they come you know like they're squirrely almost like they they're not comfortable in their own skin because they've been created there's so much anxiety that has been built up in them from that experience and um we have to deprogram all of that. We have to be like, you're in a safe space now. And that is really what I would wish that every employer would stop that because it's just unproductive. So when I say conscious capitalism, I don't mean that just for environment, uh, environmental reasons. I mean that in just generally, we could just be better as people. I think that would be, that's always something everyone would appreciate. Fantastic. So second question for you, what's been the biggest challenge in getting to where you are today with the business? So it's not a challenge. It's, you know, I can look at all challenges as opportunities too. This is part of the eternal optimism that I was talking about. So scaling a payroll business is very hard. Like I said, I ended up doing it with, so we have multi-generational folks in the company, but also on, in our founder group. That has been a bit difficult because sometimes we, you know, we have a generational gap, you know, like, like the, the gentleman I told you about, Bill and I, there's a 20 year age difference between us. And uh, sometimes it's hard for us to understand each other. And, you know, our motivations and our, our life plans are different too, right? Like I'm in a very different stage of my life and stuff like that. So it hasn't really been a challenge that much because there's also the fact that the opportunity of learning from someone having experience, like, you know, he's been so instrumental in, in sort of just being supportive and in ways that I don't know someone, you know, that was closer to my age would be. So anyway, the point is that there's pros and cons to all these decisions. I'd say that, that one, you know, having a sort of a language barrier, if you will, a generational language barrier, that one has been uh, an interesting one. But in general, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, it's hard for me to say anything has been a, a true challenge um, because I, I just can't view life like that. <laughs> Unstoppable optimism. Good to hear. So yeah. uh, last question I have for you is what excites you the most about what it is you're doing, what it is you're working on and gets you out of bed every morning to keep fighting a good fight with the business? I think building the type of work culture that I'm proud of, that would be the best thing, the kind of environment. Like I, I talk a lot about culture and what it really means and how 
I've created that sort of like, like I said, a safe space where people can just be their real self. That is the thing that really excites me. I love, I love watching people just behave like their normal version of them, themselves versus a corporate version or robot version, watered down version. I love that. Like people feeling good about coming to work is a thing that makes me feel good about coming to work because I am the custodian of that. I'm actually making sure that that happens for them. So if I want them to be friendly and easy to act, approachable and, and easy to access, then I need to create that environment for them internally. And that's the thing that makes me really excited that I get an opportunity and it's a privilege to be able to do that for other people. So that's definitely the way I, I wake up and a bit of bounce every morning in just doing, making people happy in, in, in that way. Well, fantastic. And uh, hopefully your, your enthusiasm is infectious because frankly, uh, it's a very positive, nothing in way type, uh, type attitude to have, Shrab. So thank you very much for taking the time. I uh, very much appreciate this. And I encourage everybody to check out uh, WagePoint's website. And uh, if you're doing things the old-fashioned hard way with a old-fashioned hard provider, consider an alternative, please. So Shrab, thank you yet again for taking the time. Thank you, Jason. And I appreciate everything you said. You're a very articulate man. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. So that was my interview with Shrad Rao WagePoint. I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you could detect the sincerity that he had about really trying to just be a positive force in people's lives. So as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. They really do help people find the podcast. I appreciate it. As always, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.